Is this the Doug Culp? <laughs> yes, it is. Is this the Steve Choi? Uh, this is a Steve Choi, one among many. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, how many Doug Culps are there? Maybe like, there's maybe like two or three others. <laughs> You've checked? There's only two or three others? Um, I've checked in the past, but who knows? I mean, a lot of people have been born, you know? There's a lot, a lot of years. Of... There's a lot I of... mean, <laughs> Culp uh, sounds like... You know, it might be the Ellis Island chop on something else, so you never know. <laughs> exactly. Maybe Kolp Kolpizowski's of Poland or something, you know? <laughs> you don't know. I heard, the the origin I heard from my dad is that Kolp used to be Kolben, K-O-L-B-E-N, and um, and then after it was K-O-L-B, and when they would say it to people, Kolb, people would just hear Kolp, and then they started going, all right, well, we'll just change the spelling. <laughs> Oh, German then, probably. I think so. Or Germanic in origin, maybe? Yeah. Sounds like it. I think there's like some German, some Irish, some uh, English. <laughs> I've, I've heard I have 132nd Native American. And I'm like, all right, dope, cool. <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah. You're, uh, that makes you a grade A white boy. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, shit, dude. Um... So it's it's already recording. Um, I checked I checked the thing. It's already recording. So we are we are live. I mean, live right now. It'll be live officially on Friday. Slightly less live after some editing. Maybe I don't know your style, but live at the time. Yeah, live at the t- live captured. Exactly. Um, so. So how how long have you been playing music like all together? When do when would you say you picked up your first instrument and which instruments do you play? For the for the um, listeners, for those who for those who don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I turned 38 on the 16th of August. Yeah. And I started playing piano when I was 5 years old. So for your first question I would I would have to answer with playing music for 33 years. Oh yeah. Um, started the piano when I was five, began the cello when I was eight, began, uh, bass guitar at 12, and that same year I started playing the upright double bass with the French bow in orchestra while I played, uh, the upright double bass for jazz band without the bow. (laughs) while I was kind of picking up, like, Nirvana songs on the electric bass. So um, at 13, I started playing electric guitar and drums. Uh, So from there, I played drums in jazz band. I played bass in a different jazz band. Then I started playing snare in concert or percussion in concert band and then snare drum and quads in marching band, like drum corps. So then at 14, I started really getting into guitar and drums and started getting into punk rock. Um, And at that time, I started doing symphonic percussion. So that's kind of like your mallet instruments, like xylophone and marimba and timpani, which most people wouldn't, I guess, classify as an instrument 
like on their own, but I guess if you are familiar with instruments, they kind of are their own category of expertise, yeah, of which it's, I never reached. Yeah, I mean, it's so. going like drums to like, okay, now you're drumming, but each drum has its own tone. and Precisely. It's Precisely. A, it seems like a whole other skill set. Well, there is no other instrument that kind of combines percussion and a melodic instrument quite in the extremely simple yet powerful way that you know mallet percussion does so yeah um i think that's about it (laughs) i'm like so you can play a whole orchestra if you wanted but like that's it (laughs) yeah you know around that time is when i started to ramp down like playing classical piano but i still did a lot of junior symphony and youth orchestra on cello so um, I had a really well-rounded teen experience, I guess, musically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh-huh. I, I started playing piano at six and then till age 12. And then I stopped taking lessons because my mom was like, okay, you can stop taking lessons when you're 12 if you get to 12 and still want to stop. And I turned 12 and I was like, I hate, <laughs> I hate practicing. I hate yeah. lessons. I don't want to do it anymore. And then I picked it back up again like years later. So I would be better... But I'll never know, because, you know, different timeline, probably. <laughs> I think uh, that six years between 6 to 12 is pretty damn important, though, and that is still, like, lays foundation that will be there forever, you know, Dude, it's at been, that age. It's been crazy. Like, when I, when I uh, got a piano again, 2006 or seven, and I was like, cool, cool. And they tried to tune it, but they were like, um, how old is this thing? It was a really old piano, and they were like, we're not going to tune it all the way because we're afraid, or I'm afraid the strings will break. Yeah. Yeah. And so he finished tuning it, and I paid him the money, and he left. And I started playing Brick, which was the only song on the piano that I, like, kind of knew as a cover at that time. And then I was like, oh, this is at the very bottom of my register, and I can't sing it, so I'm going to try and tune it myself. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, so I got a I got a tuning key. I went to three different music stores and I finally found one. And then um it took me like another three hours, but I did it. And I was Piano like, tuning is no joke, man. Dude, Those guys, uh it's a skill. It's crazy. It's a skill. It was so funny when I was calling around for tuners, they were like, Do you mean people who tune pianos? And I was like, No, an actual tuning key and they're like, No, sorry. Finally, the small yeah. shop in San Marcos had it. Um, Is that, are you from San Marcos? No, uh, I was born in the Bay Area. We moved around a lot. And then um, I ended up in San Diego County before moving up to L.A. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, uh, cool. which brings me to, you know, music, uh, more music talk. Shoot. How, how many bands have you been in? I don't know, you know, because you, you, there has to be a perimeter laid, meaning, you know, there's so many times where people are sitting around shooting the shit, That's just true. saying we, sh- we should start a band called this. Yeah. And then you decide you're in a band and all you guys ever did was get together and like get drunk or stoned, but you never actually wrote any music, but you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, if you're talking about like a real band that actually made releases that you know yeah and like band, toured and stuff bands that you um, played with in front of crowds and like maybe 
sold albums or not? Um, I don't know. I would just off the top of my head maybe throw out maybe seven or eight. (laughs) Not that many. I don't feel like. Yeah. Seven or eight? I mean, that's that's pretty good. I've always been really like, I guess I haven't had a big wide exposure of myself in my personal life either. So I was never an extremely social person that like always knew every guy from every band. So I, uh, I think that's why the number is low. Yeah. yeah. I mean, seven or eight bands, that's still pretty, that's still pretty good. Cause you think of, there's some bands who've been together for, you know, what, 30, 30 years. What is uh, what's RX coming up on on um, years wise? Uh, twenty. Twenty one. Holy shit! Yeah. And when did you jump in with them? I joined in two thousand. Progress. Yeah, right oh. after Progress came out. Yes. Holy shit, dude! Hell yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I've been listening since they were pharmaceutical. For, since you guys were pharmaceutical, and then, like, how old are you? I'm 34. Oh, okay. So we're practically the same age. Man. Yeah, dude. And I, I mean, I, I was there. I was around going to shows. My first show was when I was 12, and it was the Aquabats. <laughs> and I was oh. like, this is awesome. And so then I followed the Aquabats to another show, and I think you guys were at that second show. But like, when it was pharmaceutical bandits, and it was this small venue called emerald city and um yeah and then there was trinity hall was another one and i like saw the hippos there and i was like what what is this band and just gotcha um it was so crazy back then because you were like how do you find out about bands you have to go to shows or you have to know know someone who like physically has a copy of the music to be like or you can go to the record store and see the flyers yeah exactly and, yeah. and go, oh, okay, they're playing here. Like, I'd go to Soma. You guys would play Soma. Oh, yeah. And um, Soma San Diego, shout out. And, I, yeah, I'd see flyers there, and I'd be like, oh, shit, they're coming here. Oh, that's awesome. I saw one time that I think there was a band actually called Plus Guests. And I was like, that's pretty clever. <laughs> that's to- such a ska name. <laughs> that's such a ska thing to do. Yeah. There were ska bands called All Ages. There were ska bands called 18 and Older. There's another ska band called 21 and Over. I'm sure there was a ska band called Five Band Bill. I'm sure there was a ska band called Doors at Eight. There definitely was a ska band called Doors at Eight. Doors at Eight? Yeah. What's up? We're Doors at Eight. <laughs> I know it's 8.15, but hey, doors were at 8, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's how they'd start the set. <laughs> Dude, I, I started, um, you ever listen to Mountain Goats? Uh-huh. Um, so I, I love how it's like one dude and he's like, I, he's put out all these solo albums as the Mountain Goats, not as his name. And I was like, that's that's a fun idea to just have a solo act that you just call something. And so... Um, the first one I did was like Dougathan, which is like my handle on Twitter. And I was like, eh, it's fine. And then I was like, what about Chipotle Mayo Clinic? (laughs) (laughs) So then I released like a little bit as that. And then I changed it to really glad you came so that at the top of the show, I could say 
Hi, I'm really glad you came, and I'm really glad you came. And it was, yeah, and, and it was around that time where I was like, I think I like making people laugh a little more than I like just making music. And so I started doing stand-up, like, a little bit after that. You're a brave man. Dude, it is a crazy world, especially, especially in the last few years. It's blown up, and it's just, like, super saturated, but that also means that there's a lot of people doing comedy that you just have to, I don't know, go find it. Is it, go but, scoop but it, is it blowing up in a blowing up way? Or is it blowing up in a 2018 way where all these sort of, and I guess, I, your uh, lay people to comedy are just like, because of the internet, just going like, I can fucking do this. Yes. You know, this sort of powerful, optimistic thing, and they're just walking into this meat grinder that is the real comedy world. Yep, and they're that will like. Eviscerate people like them. <laughs> they're not ready for the rejection, and like yeah. probably fall off. And and what it, I mean, of the shittiness that is people bandwagoning and being like, oh, comedy, I could do that, I could do that. It's on Netflix, I could do that, I could do that. And you're like, yeah, not everyone can do comedy, but I mean, you're well, you're more than welcome to try. And it's yeah. it's, it's weird to see people get like really mad that their joke didn't land at an open mic, and you're like. I mean, if this is an open mic, though, that's what this is. <laughs> this, this yeah, is literally. <laughs> like, you ain't going nowhere until you master that. Same, it's, that's the same. I would imagine it's, because comedy is like a pipe dream of mine. I talk shit about doing it, but I'm not brave enough. But, um, <laughs> like, I would imagine it's much more brutal than the musical world, where you have to start out by making the two people in a terrible-sounding room think you're a really good band anyway, or a musician, right? Yeah. And, like, like your music, so... Mm -hmm. It's all, yeah. it's all about, like, just following. I've always been content with following what I love, and then if other people like it, great. And if they don't, I don't care, because I love the things that I love and that I'm passionate about. And especially when people are, um, the last couple of years have been a huge for just shit-talking. Just people shit-talking on anything, oh, yeah. anything just to have a voice and just to oh, yeah. try and sound intelligent. And it's like... That doesn't make you sound intelligent. But when I say like three times in a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Bruh. But um, yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy time right now. And I'm, I'm glad that I started doing it when I did, because if I started now, I'd be like, uh, I don't fucking know about all this. <laughs> well, I mean, to touch on what you had previously said about your formula of essentially, you know, keeping it authentic and passion-based stuff. I mean, that's really the only infallible approach, yeah. I guess, because if you are never given recognition or money, then at the end of the day, you like what you put out. Yep. So the creative ethic, however it may come out, is intact, and that fulfillment is there. And if you're patient and you're not trying to be like... Uh, a YouTube chronology, you yeah. like some dudes, a lot of people, they don't make it till they're 45, till they're 50, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As long as you're doing what you love, not to get too cornball because, you know, we all still are entitled to hate ourselves and be jealous of other people and want things we don't have along the way. Yeah. But in theory, not in practice, you know, that's a really, uh, that's a solid way to go about it. I mean, I feel like that's what I still do and try to do, you know? Yeah, so. to, to to be satisfied creatively, it's 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 another level of the struggle where you're where you're like, 
yes, I could work for blah, 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 or I could do this, or I could do that, but I really want to do this. And it's like, I will scrap and I will save and I will do whatever the fuck I can to be able to do that thing. That's why when you told me that you still, you know, hell or high water, you put out how many goddamn episodes of this podcast (laughs) and you told me you were living out of your fucking car in L.A., recording podcast episodes out of your car (laughs) in L.A. Yep. Yeah, I, and I don't. You know what, dude? I don't chuckle at that one bit. That's, I got mad respect for that, man. Thanks, dude. Thank you. I mean, it's it means a lot um, coming from coming from you because I I've like looked up to you guys as musicians and just like as really, you guys just all seem like really chill dudes and you you'll stay after and like say hi to the the crowd after the show and I'm just like you guys sh- fucking shred it up there and you and you're like. Hey. It's it's all it's all about like um, final product, but then how you feel about it at the end. And if it, if you feel good about it at the end, it's always gonna feel good. Was, yeah, man. That was a little bit of a high thought, but I'm high right now. So <laughs> where are you recording this? Where are you? It's like it's uh, um. So I've been able to a, a friend reached out and was like, hey do you need a place to crash for a little bit while you get your shit together? And I said, yeah. So I've been crashing in this room. And so I'm sitting outdoors. It's like this pagoda type situation. And it's pretty, pretty dope. It's nice. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's leaps and bounds away from like backseat of the car and then not having quote unquote stretch out all the way room, which, (laughs) Never, yeah. never thought I'd use that as a term, but I'm like, nah, it's important. <laughs> when you're sleeping, yeah, you, stretch you, out you all You're doing a flying, and you will uh, see how, you, you'll quickly learn how important that is as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, what are some things in music that you haven't done yet, but you would love to do? Um, or also with comedy, you said. You, you were like, you want to... Maybe cut your teeth with comedy? I'm kind of, um, well, as far as the comedy thing goes, I think I'm going to wait till like the latter portion of my life. Uh-huh. I think I need to kind of experience a little bit more anguish and despair <laughs> and utter self loathing as an artist to try and kind of. Uh, I guess, you know, curate some perspective that I think I could present in a way that could be funny to people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm still amateur at hating myself and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and kind of uh, processing that anguish in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Because who's trying to be the next fucking Dane Cook? Nobody. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, um, everyone's... Everyone's kind of like, it feels like everyone's trying to do the storyteller slash um, funny, funny story type of mode or like jokes. And I mean, there's room for, there's room for all of it. Yeah. Um, I have a, I had a particularly, you know, I would say I was privileged in many ways, but I would also say that I was blessed with many hardships in many ways growing up. So, 
I think uh, that's something I can do one day. I just need to find my voice, if that makes sense. Oh, just yeah. like you need to find your sound in music, obviously you need to find your voice in comedy. Certainly. So, like the yeah. first, first few, three, four years, five years I was doing it, I mean, I probably thought what I was doing was pretty great. <laughs> but looking back, like I, I went back and right. looked, looked at some older YouTube videos and I'm like, right. oh, I don't feel that way at all anymore. Delete. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I feel like if I started now or too early, I would just be like angry Asian American comedian. It's like, nah, that's cliche. There's enough of that, you know? So, yeah, um, like another, another Dat fan, like approximation. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, that's cool that you are like uh, conscious enough about it where you're like, no, I mean, I, I might have some stuff to say, but I'm going to wait till I have more stuff to say and, like, more experience in that. I think I'm a fan enough, and I actually appreciate it as a craft yeah. and as a creative ability enough to understand that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've never really sat down and wrote, wrote or written material. However, I understand, like, on a cursory level, like, the process, you know? And yeah. so I understand that I would struggle to even put together 10 minutes that I feel comfortable, like going out, you know what I mean? And performing. Yeah. So I, so I go, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, I bet you there's like a lot of um, stuff to draw from just from playing shows and like hanging out in the green room or um, there's probably tons of cool funny ass stories that you're like oh i haven't thought about that in a while i wonder if people i mean i really try i mean that's where i test out a lot of my kind of on the fly material <laughs> just making jokes on tour yeah. and like make people laugh because mm -hmm. a lot of times he's a very cynical very jaded very you know just like dry facetious people and it's a great way to test out like is what you thought was that funny? Is it actually really funny? You know? So. <laughs> yep. Dude, it's like when um, hanging out with comics, it's, uh, there's like a pretty steady round robin of conversation. And when, uh, and everyone's like building off of a bit or a story or something that just happened. And if you say something and it's funny, everyone will be like, fucking dope. Like, nice, nice addition. But if you say something and it's not that funny, you're just like, all right, all right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people miss this kind of small interfacing that happens, which is like being funny around your friends, around people that are comfortable and have a rapport with you. Mm -hmm. is not the same thing as people who went to a place and sat down and you were put in front of them. Yeah. Now you're hoping to turn that into they bought a ticket because they liked you ahead of time and came to see you. But whether you're a musician or a comedian, that doesn't happen for a long fucking time. Man. You're opening for people. You're going to open mics, yeah. you're getting on whatever you can, right? Yeah. So yeah. making people laugh who don't like you already, <laughs> obviously that's like a doy when you say it, but I just think that's like something that people miss, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. It's so fun. I wouldn't trade it. But um, as far as what you asked about music real quick, yeah. um, I haven't done enough children's music, and I want to do a lot more children's music. Ooh, um, right. I think that it's such a powerful thing for them. And rather than like the creative force of that being relegated to like mindless Euro house 
pop or like um, plunky, like melody, like, you know, Barney type tunes, which are, there's nothing wrong with those. Yeah. I think that there's like a whole other, you know, unexplored, uh, on a large scale, unexplored, uh, you know, maybe way to reach kids through music. You yeah, know, so. like maybe try and build empath- empathy on an earlier age or... Just, or just get them comfortable with more complex yeah. melodies. I'm not saying sit them down and force them to listen to like Mahler's symphony or whatever, but you know. Uh, but yeah, like try. Um, do you like They Might Be Giants? I do, and I would use them as, a, as an example myself. Yeah. yeah. Example. Here come the ABCs, yeah, well, here come the 123s, and here comes science. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, like, did you ever watch Tiny Tunes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're aware of uh, Tiny Toons' use of that's They the, Might Be Giants. That's the first time I heard that song, or those songs, and I was like, Particle Man? Like, what is it even? Oh, yeah. What is it Particle even Man's so good. Plucky is in this wrestling ring, and I'm like, okay. And that guy has a triangle on him? Okay. Exactly. And I said, Istanbul was Constantinople. What the fuck are these guys saying? These guys are fucking hot. Which, Look it up. Like, also, oh, literally, Istanbul was literally Constantinople. Okay. <laughs> These guys are on some shit. <laughs> I'm the dumb one. That's so funny too, because I mean that one. That one is a cover, but it does teach information. And like they've got so many songs where they're like, "This is an interesting fact. I wonder if we can make a song about this and like tell people about it." And it's like, "Yeah, you absolutely can." For the last, is it a cover back to that sort of vaudevillian uh, song from uh, the '30s? Yeah, or the '20s? Yep. Yeah, and but they, they are the most famous for it. So people will naturally think like, oh, that's a They Might Be Giants song. It's like, well, they did cover it, but they made it the most popular. It's just like with... Oh, them, that makes sense, though. It's like with Come On Eileen. First you think of Save Ferris, and then you're like, Dexy's Midnight Runners, though. No. No, no, no. You would think it's Save Ferris if you're like from this tiny demographic of like mostly white suburban kids from Orange County. <laughs> the, fir- the first version I heard was the Safe Ferris one, and, like, I mean, it's really good, but Dexy's Midnight Runner is really good, too. I respect your opinion <laughs> on that. I gotta honestly say that I, I only really think of Dexy's Midnight Runners, but you're right. I, obviously, the Safe Ferris version is a very popular one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Real Big Fish had a cover, too, right? The, uh, I can't remember which song it is, but I think it was in basketball or something. And I'm like, what? Real Big Fish is in basketball? <laughs> it was um, Take On Me by AHA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's good. That's good times. <laughs> oh, but um, Istanbul was Constantinople, even yeah. if it originated then, would still have been a pop song, I guess, so to speak. Oh, the closest yeah. to that, for that era. Yeah. So I think the parallel is still there, which is like... I still thought it was a mindless pop, like colloquialism or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. But like, really, it's like these really super pragmatic lyrics. <laughs> like, okay, I learned something. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, I love. It. Yeah, I love how they're just like it was Constantinople, but now it's Istanbul, not constant. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, what? Uh, what? Um, what's your favorite part about making music? Man. Um, what's my favorite part about making music? Yeah. 
there's a lot of different steps. There's I don't know. I just not to sound overly dramatic or anything, but I don't really know how to approach that question because it's like in a way asking what it's like to climb a mountain that you both hate and love at the same time. Uh, on a day you have a beautiful day of nice hiking and climbing on another day it's just the most arduous, you know, yeah. horrible uh, you know. Yeah. Where your ego is wrestling with your sense of self and <laughs> you know, all that other boring stuff. The, but the um, internal struggle and the Yeah. And the external struggle. Um, yeah, the external struggle that you're constantly trying to quiet down. But I, I guess to not like be that guy and just answer your fucking question, I'll just be like, uh, I mean, making music itself is my favorite part. Like, even if I don't get paid, which we all need to get paid, and even if I, yeah. it's not taken seriously, I'm fortunate because it's still an art form that you know, by a lot of people, it is really still taken seriously yeah. and is, although may not be valued by the, like, the capitalist way of marketing and profiting from it at the moment, yeah. it still is, in, is important to people. And you can say whatever you want about the state of music and how SoundCloud's ruining this and Spotify's ruining that. And that's, I don't disagree or agree. Like, a lot of it's true, but, but at the end of the day, like, at least music is still important to people, you know? Yep, and at least people it are still is. making it. Yeah, and even if you think what that person's making and what that person's consuming and what that, like, how that could sell 10 million copies, like, people still really like music and really need it. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of validation to just keep going on, dude, making music. Yep, and you got, like, and it, it's, it almost reinforces, like, when, whenever someone's like, dude, that song was awesome, or like, that thing you did in that song was super dope, it just gives you a little, another little push, where you're like, oh yeah? Cool, well I'll, uh, I'll try and do that again, or like, I'll, I'll be happy to play that song again. <laughs> Is that what you'd do if you were in a band, that <laughs> people would be like, dude, that part's super dope, and that's your response, you're like, I'll play it for you again right now, man. You like that shit? Give me a guitar. Live show. We'll play right that shit for you right mm. fucking now. Right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's when when you uh, when there's been a while where you don't hear much, and then there's a moment where you start hearing positive feedback, and you're like, oh, this feels good. Like I'm glad people like the thing I made. It's just like it's um. It's true. It's true, but that in and of itself is a, um, I hate cliches, but for lack of a better term, a, a double-edged sword, you know? Because yeah, it, it can't it, drive you to do what you do, but it can help you, like, just uh, keep doing what you do, I guess? I don't know. Well, I offer this. <laughs> it's, it feeds what we all try to battle, which is our ego. Yeah. Which... Nobody is egoless. I'm not Siddhartha. You ain't Gandhi. Like, we all mm-hmm. get up for her. We all, you know, feel insecure. Yeah. You know, so the ego is a real thing, right? So, you know, kind of praise 
I guess, important at a really like basic raw level of being human. Yeah. But they weaken your ability, in my opinion, or for me, they weaken my ability to do the thing well that gets me the attention or praise. As soon as I start to realize that people think what I made was that great, as soon as I start to realize people think I'm so good at doing this, is when I instantly start to become worse at that thing. Oh, because you like overanalyze and overthink it? Uh, I don't know what happens, dude. It's some weird like psychological vortex shit happens where it just hits me at the core in the wrong way and I have less drive to practice and better myself. I have less drive to like, you know, and I uh, I think a lot of other people don't process it like that. I'm strictly speaking for myself. Yeah. I'm a really fucked up individual. So I mean like I can, I, I can see what you're saying where um if yeah, if people get too much praise or it's like too too positive all the time then you're like well i guess i'm doing everything right and then yeah but i'm see i'm not like strong enough to make what i'm saying a more simple concept because i'm also a little bitch too that goes (laughs) oh nobody nobody said like i played really good tonight maybe i didn't play good in my own head you know and i'm like you little bitch like just do it you know you strive to like just keep keep getting better and keep doing better yeah, but then somebody will come up and say, this new song, or, you know, you did this, and then I'll be like, all right, thank you very much. You try to be gracious, but you're like, ignore what they said. You got to be better than that. <laughs> so there's you know. always, there's always, um, there's always time to keep working on the things we love doing and keep making our perception of them better and better. There's all. It's just that old adage, there's always room for improvement, but it, it, go, it gets to a deeper level where you're like, oh no, they complimented that, <laughs> that part of the song? Fine, I don't care. I gotta, I gotta just keep playing anyway. And... Yeah, but these days that's like, I mean, and generally I agree with you, but people like are manipulating that very thing these days by reverse curating shit on a much shorter time scale. You know what I mean? So hmm. already like early 2000s stuff, I feel like is coming back quicker than 70s stuff would have come back uh, to the early 90s. Hmm. And just entertainment wise or everything from fashion yeah. to trends in aesthetic and music and and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everyone's, um, everyone's how that ties into what you're saying is like, I am worried because I feel like I'm not seeing enough of people trying to look forward, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, trying to, trying, there's, oh man, there's so, so many dumb ads I see where it's like, uh, here's how you can start trending on YouTube. And I'm like, this, <laughs> yeah. it's like, that's not the end all be all goal. You should just make stuff, and then if people like it, cool. It's but it's, is you know is the ad the sad thing, or is the fact that that ad is relevant as shit the sad thing? That is the sad thing. The ad is just to people me, trying to make yeah. money and like stay afloat. That's what I'm saying. Because capitalism is crushing all of us every day, and we just have to be like, okay, I'll I'll keep. All right, I'll pay that much for this thing. Pack. That's a lot, though. Damn, inflation, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, 
and then capitalism. Dude, it's I've dude, I've had so many jobs and I'm like, I can't see myself doing any of these for a whole life. I worked at a video store one time. That was pretty dope. <laughs> Most people that have that job like it. <laughs> I've met very few disgruntled video store employees. For for those of you listening uh, who, who don't know what this odd video store thing that we are speaking of is. Or for those we of you used listening to act, from a video you know, store. <laughs> and you guys are the gatekeepers of a important part of our history. <laughs> Uh, video stores are things where people actually used to have to go physically rent a VHS cassette. Like you take a physical book from this thing called a library, which is, I don't know if you guys fuck with those things either anymore, but yeah. And video stores actually started to carry those things. These weird, they look like CDs, bro. They're called DVDs. And so you could go physically check out these DVDs at video stores. <coughs> Stood for digital video disc, if you could believe digital it. Digital video disc, yes. <laughs> you know, I've, I've still never had a Blu-ray player, and my 2006 laptop has a DVD player. I'm like, eh, it's sufficient. <laughs> it is. Yep, I've got a group of DVDs, I have a group of CDs, and it plays them all. Agreed. I totally agree, man. If you have like a big old book, case logic book of DVDs and CDs, then that's really great. Yeah. My screen turned off just now. Um, dude, this has been so awesome. So you you talked about you talked about smoking or like getting high a little bit earlier, smoking weed. I'm smoking weed right now. Um, I only started a few years ago and I, I already feel like it's something, something that I've been missing my whole life, but that I've always kind of known is just an amazing thing. That sounds about right for year three of stonerdom. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was like right away. Like I, I forgive me. I did not mean that in a condescending way. No. I meant that in a way in which I experienced the same myself. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But yeah, but that like was it, like at like 21 for me. 21, yeah. Like I, I remember I had a couple friends who started early in high school, and I had a few chances back in the day to smoke it, and I just didn't take it because I was religious, and I was like, no, I'm okay, but I'm cool if you do it. And like, cause I like the smell. And so that was my body, my whole life telling me, Hey, you know, that thing you've smelled your whole life, you're probably going to like it when you try it one day. <laughs> yeah. But I still think there's a lot of value in kind of forming your sense of self and kind of maturing outside of that, yeah, you know, I um, to it as and an then adult, getting high. Coming to it as an adult was crazy. Cause I was like, well, I've got this card where now I go to the store <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, is that, dude, the first few years that you're getting high, you can get so high, you're, I, I don't need to tell you, yeah. you're experiencing this, but you can just listen to music, and you're full-on hallucinating, mm-hmm. like, full-on, and, you know, I've I've done my fair share of uh, psychedelics as well, so, you know, yeah. I would say it's not far off of some of those experiences I've had, too, when I was first getting stoned, and listening to certain records that mm-hmm. totally... And it was, 
I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, it's simply that connection of getting really high and listening to this record and that record that had so much to do with how I wanted to, like, shape the sound and what we did with RX and all that. And us doing that together, Matt and I doing that together, Matt, Chris, and I doing that together yeah. uh, had a lot to do with that. Hell yeah. Um, speaking, yeah. Speaking of bringing it back to RX, um, what, uh, you guys been working on anything or like? <laughs> no, we're just taking some time off right taking now. Matt's time. playing with Dispatch and I've been dealing with a bunch of other musical stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's not off the table. It's just, we've been going pretty hard. So right. we're just, room, right. What was that? Just like a little breathing room to be like, all right, I want to work on this and you want to work on that. And like, yeah. And there is, you know, obviously like there have been personal things that have been going on mm-hmm. for, of which that anybody who's like hip to the band probably caught inklings of, which I'm going to refrain from speaking on out of respect to certain people and family and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, just like, it'll just be like tabloid reality show shit. You know what I mean? So yeah. safe to say like, everything's cool. We're just taking some time off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, um, yeah. of, of all, of all your guys' discography, do you have a favorite album or if not album, um, like couple songs that you guys play where you're like, I, I do, I've, I've always loved this song. Dude, you are getting so high right now. That kind of drawn out little cough that you're trying to, just let the cough out. Man. <laughs> just let the cough out. Got it. What are you, what are you smoking out of? It's this, um, it's this piece I won at Cannabis Cup when I worked there this last um, the San Bernardino one. I worked there for this company called Nug, and okay. and I I went up to this tent and like everyone was smoking at this thing, and so like everyone who was working was also smoking. I'm like, this is amazing. So I went to this tent and it was like the um, some dab tent, and they were like, yeah, take a dab and then you can spin the wheel. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I took a dab and then I spun the wheel and I was like, mystery glass? What is that? And she goes, ooh, I think this is our best prize. You just won a piece. And it's a Coca-Cola can, but it's like all glass. And there's the, like the the part where you draw off of looks like a straw. Nice. <laughs> Do you put water in it? Is it like a bubbler? Yeah. So is this like, is getting high uh, like... Uh, pretty much a part of every episode um no it it doesn't happen in every episode but like a fair amount of them just because i'm i'm in pain from the lyme disease but also i'm like i'll, I'll get high and i'm a pretty functional stoner <laughs> oh you got lyme disease bummer, yeah so i'm i'm weak all the time from that and um <clears throat> oh shit Doing doing stand up has been weird or had had been weird till I found a way to like start talking about it. And I, I recorded what will be a special, I think. I just have to like kinda clip it together and edit it and and special? Then, Is that what you were talking about? Uh 
that you can't talk about no, that no, no, we're no. talking about <laughs> in your podcast? <laughs> no, the special I've talked about, I'm actually calling it Living in the Limelight and um, spelling it L-Y-M-E, light. Do you, does anybody else in your family or the, or, like smoke? Um, my sister used to, like way back back in the day. And like I, like I said, I grew up religious, and so there, I think there was a lot of shame that she felt there back at the time. And so she doesn't associate it as well as she used to, but her and her husband got me a pair of uh, pajama pants for Christmas, and it had the California, and it was green, and then there was a, a cutout weed leaf in it, and I'm like, that's pretty perfect. You guys, you guys know me now. <laughs> that's a nice gift. Yeah. So you're not really like, obviously your family has listened to these episodes where you're getting high. It's really a thing. Uh, yeah, like they know. They know I'm. I smoke, and I, I've since since I came to it as an adult too. I'm like I'm I'm an adult. Like I'm just gonna make this decision. I've never thought it was bad, and it turns out it's great. It turns out it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a pussy. I'm I'm 38 years old. I still hide my weed when my dad comes over. My dad slept over on Saturday night. Yeah. Hit my weed. Oh. I'm, I'm a grown ass man. He's coming over to my house. You're like, I'm this waiting, is my... you're like, I'm waiting till it's federally legal. I think it's the right thing to. <laughs> this is my fucking house. You gotta respect my rules. You're gonna be over in an hour. Oh shit! I gotta hide the weed. <laughs> I gotta hide the weed. What was that? Nothing. <laughs> What's that smell? Skunks are out right now. You know. So. Those skunks just spraying, you know? Crazy. It's not a bad excuse. It's California. There literally are skunks everywhere. So. That's true. That's true. Also, coyotes. Like, you hear them at night, and you're like, whoa. Those, those animals are out to like, eat other animals. Those coyotes are magnificent creatures. And when we were recording the resignation, we lived at the Oak Woods in North Hollywood off of Barham Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of other people there at that time. Um, but we had this back unit towards the back parking lot there and it's right up against the hillside, like the Hollywood Hills. And mm-hmm. every night these coyotes, the moms and like at least five or six of them would just come trotting through the parking lot looking for food and looking for critters and stuff. Mm. It's crazy. Did you guys ever go out and try and pet them? <laughs> try, and, and, try, yes. feed, try yeah. to feed the coyotes? Yeah, yeah, right. Have you seen a, one of the bigger ones? No. A larger one is you feel very small. Is it, does it seem like a uh, like a dire wolf almost? Where you're like, whoa, is this fucking Game of Thrones? What the fuck? I mean, at that moment, it's kind of dire wolf. But by the time you're telling the story to your friends, it's obviously like double a dire wolf size, you know, because you're just like so bugged out <laughs> but um, most of the ones you see are kind of normal dog size but i have seen a couple that are like ridiculously large so and did you have to run or was it like from a car no we would we would sit on the patio oh, out yeah. the back sliding glass door and the back patio of these oak woods with pre-furnished apartments a lot of times in that area is used for like actors and musicians recording or okay. you know filming 
um, television or movies at Sony Studios or one of the studios there. So um, our back patio looked up to the hillside where there was a back parking lot for all the residents there. And that's where the coyotes would come down. Oh, yeah, it was cool. I'm glad that there's still some nature left. <laughs> some, like, somewhere. Pretty general statement, but I'm like, there's still wild animals out there. We have a little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess there is. I mean, you tune into the news and you feel like there's not, but. Yeah. I guess there is. Like, if you took the average person and you just dropped them off in the middle of uh, <laughs> Central Park, most of them would probably bug out. So, so. <laughs> yeah, there's some wild out there. Yeah. It's good. Find the wild, everyone. <laughs> Find the wild and flock to it. Like that. Flock to it like geese. <laughs> I just ruined it. <laughs> flock to the wild like geese. Yep, that's gonna catch on. That's the hashtag. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't sound very good, but then when I actually think about, you know, that I'm like, yeah, do try to get outdoors as much as you can. Yeah. So, I support your crappy grandma thing. Thanks. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah. Um, so, you, you guys were recording Resignation for, and that's when you saw all those coyotes. When, when you've recorded albums, has it been live every time or um, like a, just a couple of them? Resignation on. Mm -hmm. So, Resignation. Battle, Mandala, and Gemini uh, are all rhythm tracks. Like, are uh, most of them are track live? Yeah. Awesome. It's so dope, and, and it just it comes through again. Like, you know, I've seen you guys a bunch. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of mix our own process with it, though. Meaning, there is um, multi-tracking on top of that. Yeah. Um, it's not about making a statement anymore. Because, you know, sometimes people do it and they're like, every single thing was done live and that's great too. That, I love that sound, you know. Yeah. But our music kind of, it began to be too much. You can't have that many harmonies and this much that. And yeah. Our music became so greedy that we had to kind of make our own process. Yeah. So we always had that live core. So the guitars and the drums, the bass guitar and the drums are always going together, you know. Yeah. But there's exceptions. There's moments where we'll redo a guitar part here, we'll redo a bass part there. And then comes a lot of the keyboards and synths because although I have to eventually figure out how the way to do it live, in the studio, I'm not trying to really do that at that moment. I want it to sound good. Yeah. <laughs> not actually throw my pick down and then hug myself at the synth and like, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Try and go get crowd surfed by... The rest of the band members. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever done that, but yeah, I did, I did it like one, one or two times. It's, it's fun, but also super cumbersome. And while you're doing it, you're like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, because <laughs> your feet keeps like knocking into people, you know. And people are like, hey, get that fuck out, and you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're supposed to be that self-aware while crowd surfing. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to be that considerate while crowd surfing, dude. 
Are you sure you're supposed to be like a selfish drunk asshole that just chucked yourselves on top of people and they are literally just pushing you out of their way backwards so that you don't fall on their head? <laughs> exactly. Holy shit. I've, oh, I've, I've never done it from the stage. It's always been like my friend gave me a boost or... Um... Yeah, I guess you're right. That's legit. Yeah. That's legit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a total rock Scrooge, okay? Hey, it's cool. It's cool. It's because cool. for as many people that like do that in a stoked fashion, I've probably seen equal amount of drunk, selfish assholes chucking themselves on people that are so bummed yeah. to have that person, male and females, yeah. that person's sweaty back on top of their face. <laughs> Dripping into their drink, you know, and and yada yada yada. So. Yep. Yeah. There's there's the nightmare scenarios, and then there's the ones where like I think I was twelve one of the times, and I so I just got like floated to the to the back, and I'm like, whoa, that was cool. And then, That's dope. <laughs> so and then there was another time where I was like fourteen or fifteen, and it was in a fucking damn. What show was that? MXPX maybe? Shit. That was I lived in uh northern Kentucky and I go she see shows in Cincinnati. Did you guys play Bo- Bogarts? I know yeah. you played uh Northern Kentucky? You live in Northern Kentucky? Yeah. Damn dude. <laughs> yep. I went to high school out there. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Legit, bro. That Respect. Cra- that was crazy. I met Respect. Thanks. <laughs> I'm still alive. <sighs> Cincinnati style chili, I miss it like every day. I'm like, it's oh, crazy. like that skyline chili shit. Yeah. And I, I just yeah. I talked shit on it for so long because I was like, chili without beans, that looks so gross. And, and then the- you smoked weed. <laughs> and then that chili became all good. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Extra cheese, please. Turns out. Why not put it on pasta? <laughs> Dude, seriously. That's like, when when people go, but you put it on spaghetti, that's not spaghetti. And it's like, yeah, it's a different thing. It's <laughs> you know, I'm such a food person yeah. that I like that that region likes that so much. Yeah. I love regional foods, especially sort of uh I guess celebrated abominations, so to speak. <laughs> That's a good title. Years, That's a in my early answer. years, dude, so like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't want, you know, I'm not disrespecting it. I, no, 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 no. I had that plenty in my younger years, but I don't really fuck with that stuff anymore. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, that's like the best, one of the best band names I've ever heard. Celebrated <laughs> Abominations. <laughs> that would have to be like... It would only be good if you sounded like Power Man 5000. <laughs> Wait, I'm confusing Power Man 5000 and um, um, Andrew WK. Power Man 5000 is Worlds Collide, right? Yes. <laughs> but Andrew WK is just kind of like a more positive with an indie twinge version of that like they're kind of they share a wall they're in the same building and they share a wall sure 
but oh, it's perfect. I don't, I don't like the presence of that kind of cinnamon background in the Cincinnati chili. Oh, okay. The, the, um, Skyline, I think Skyline does cinnamon and cocoa, or Skyline does cinnamon and Gold Star does cocoa powder. It's, it's one or the other, but. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Are you serious? I, I figured it out, or I found out about it, because I, I tried it for the first time as an adult when I was, like, leaving Kentucky, and I tried it one time before I left, and I was like, oh no! Like, my, <laughs> the walls were closing in on my life. I was like, why did I avoid that for so long? Stupid, prideful youth! Oh no! <laughs> also, so excited for you. Because I totally remember when I first started smoking and just the, the world of food and taste of your palate that it opens up. Dude, you know? I've made so many munchies. I'm, I'm, I impress myself sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, well, I only have a couple things. What, what can I do? Peanut butter. Got it. Mini marshmallows. Got it. I've got a little torch lighter. I'm going to fucking toast these marshmallows. Oh, I got a little bit of uh, Reese's. All right, put that on there. Yeah, I like that dude. <laughs> Munchie McIver is legit. It's, yeah. Dude, it's been so fun. Like, yeah, this is this is a this is a skill, I think. <laughs> I like see, I like your story better than I like somebody else who's like, Yeah, I started smoking weed at thirteen. I love it. It's the best thing in my life, you know? It's like, okay, that's one thing, but um somebody like you who had an upbringing where this was not even in that yeah. world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said you're 32? I was 30 when I started, and now I'm 34. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's rad. <laughs> That's rad. Oh, it was a cool entree. I was like, fucking, fuck it. I'll get my weed ID. <laughs> I'll yeah. go to the weed store. <laughs> it was that sudden? You just thought it out? You're just like, I'm just doing this. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I was like, I've, I've put this off for way too long, and I've always been curious. I'm going to try it. And, like, a buddy gave me a couple um, little gummies and uh, that gave me a a taste of what it could be. And then I got flour, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, wait, tell me about the first time you ever went to the dispensary and brought it home. Did you buy a pre-roll, or did you buy nugs and put it in a glass pipe? Like, how did it go down? Oh, man. I think I bought an eighth okay. of... of... Shit, what was the first strain I got? Maybe like one of the first ones I remember was passion fruit. I bought it and I was like, I love passion fruit. That's my favorite fruit. Maybe this will be a good strain. And holy shit, turns out really good. You literally just took it home and smoked yourself silly. There you didn't you weren't cautious, you didn't take a tiny little hit, wait, or anything like that. I Oh, so that was the first time I bought, but the first time I smoked was at a Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, and everyone's playing board games, and there's, like, gotcha. really good food. Oh, and, okay. And then, so, there were joints being passed around, and then a bong was being passed around, and so nice. I, was, I was just, like, getting lit as fuck my first time, and then... You didn't freak out? Well, I had a, a laughing fit, and it happened because... My buddy was telling the rules to this game that none of us had played, and 
I was like, flo- I felt like I was floating a little bit. And I was like, kind of looking around the room. I was like, yeah. holy shit, yeah. weed is the best thing in the world. Why did I ever deny myself this? But I'm glad that I found it now. And then I hear my buddy go, does he have any chickens? And that was the only thing I heard from the rules. And I lost my fucking shit. <laughs> okay, dude. You are the blessed few. <laughs> The first time you ever got stoned, you got super stoned. There was no caution. There was no part of you that had some sort of like self-preservation instinct or anything like that. I guess you were comfortable with your friends yeah. and you just kept ripping it. So you got super high mm-hmm. and you didn't freak out Mm-mm. and you thoroughly enjoyed it. And the only like thing that, might have been a negative was just a severe laughing fit. <laughs> Which everyone was like, like looking back, we will always look back on that story and I could just say to any of them, does he have any chickens? And they'll probably be like, yeah, when you fucking lost your shit. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I wish I could have ever been like that getting high. I mean, I had good times, but you know, I'm very envious of, of that. But I mean, board games, like board games, everyone's talking. And so there's a lot of opportunities for just like random shit like that to happen. Yeah, that's true. And I, that's I, bet, true. I bet like, because with flower, I don't get as high as that day. Of course, because of course. it's like the first time. But um, uh, dabs, dabs can do that a little bit where you, you take a dab and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's a really steep curve up where you just can't even perceive how high you are after a certain point. Yeah, and I, like, people, I've heard people going, oh man, I can only do dabs, flower doesn't do it for me anymore, and I'm like, sounds expensive. <laughs> not only, it's not only expensive money, I agree with you, yeah, yeah. But, but it's um, expensive, but also just like, if you, yeah, if you just constantly blast yourself with, um the thing that's like the highest form of getting high and then, you, and then it's like does nothing then you're like oh this diminishing returns here yeah i i just i kind of just look towards the commonality of any time that we started to isolate things in nature that came with a total package of things just like flower does mm-hmm. and we started to ramp up and isolate that one thing like good things have generally never really happened you know yeah i still have like a pen <laughs> of extracts, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't rely on it solely. And I'm trying to like, you know, do less and less of the extracts and like pens and stuff. Oh yeah. And because just, of yeah. The, is like the butane little by little or whatever they use to heat it up. Is that one of the reasons? Or I think there's a few different ways to extract it, but mm-hmm. just by that rule of like, I like the feeling of smoking flour yep. having with all the terpenes and like, yep. you know, there's a lot of things going on there. The, the first time I ever did a dry weed vape, I was like, holy fucking shit. What oh, am yeah, I... like a Pax. Those things yeah. are great. I was like, what am I tasting right now? And then yeah. the, my buddy had to tell me, he was like, that's the terpenes, man. Like, it roasts it. It doesn't burn it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Longer. I had a Snoop Dogg G pen, but it, it, it broke. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Pens come and go. Yeah. I, I think, like... If if one day I'm like a millionaire and I can just throw caution to the wind, 
I'm gonna get a volcano, and then I'll just be like, yeah, just throw some flour into the volcano, roast it up, fill a bag. Yep. <laughs> Volcanoes are great. Yeah. I've been to a couple studios with volcanoes in them, and it's uh, it's uh, pretty chill sessions. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so what, what, uh, what are you working on right now? What, what, uh, projects or like, what can you talk about that you're working on right now? Just finished mastering the pieced out, uh, full length, okay. which is a side project of experimental type heavy music Yeah. with Vinny from movie life and I am the avalanche. And then our friend Casey from the Velveteen, Dope. um, and then. Uh, my very, very, very close friend, Roger, um, who also does front of house for RX. And like, he was in a band called No Motive that was on Vagrant. Whoa, I saw them live once. Yeah, you would be the age where you would remember them too. So, no Motive um, with, it, with no E on the end. Exactly, mm -hmm. precisely. <laughs> um, so I'm working on that. I'm working on an EP that I'm doing with Mike Park um, to be released on Asian Man. Oh, um, it's going to be like kind of punk ska stuff, really fun. Yeah. He's singing. I'm currently working on it like as we speak. Ooh, um, yeah. So I'm also finishing a EP for um, a female artist named Angela Jane Bachman. And this is like an electro pop EP. It's kind of like a lot of catchy melodies, a lot of synths, a lot of synths, a lot of beats. Um, so, and then I have two songs coming out on the out on an album um, of a rapper who I can't speak about yet, but Ooh, um, all right, all right, all right. Cool. Um, and then yeah, a bunch of other stuff that I'm also working on. Also, you know, there's shows and stuff coming up, which I'm not even exaggerating. I wish I could talk about, but I can't talk about yet till like late fall. Oh, snap. Um, so where could, the, where could the tour dates be found later? Um, anybody who would even care for these shows will definitely know when it gets announced because <laughs> I think that if you care about this stuff, yeah. you'll think it's a big deal. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Does that sound dumb? No, well, I think it's, it's, it's like if you care about this stuff, you'll find it. Like you'll find it on your own because you're already looking for it. Yeah, you'll just already be tuned into the things that will put it in your face. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like when, if people want to watch more episodes of Lady Dynamite, then they're going to watch Netflix. Yeah, and you just look at Netflix when you sit down on the couch and you're ready to relax, so you're going to know when there's new episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Precisely. <laughs> that was a good analogy, us. Way oh. to go. Way to go, us. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, might even might not even be an analogy. It might literally be mimicking, you know, marketing styles yeah. that this uh, particularly gruesome form of capitalism has developed over the years. That's true in which we've created meta media shows like Mad Men where people are obsessed with the look and feel 
and the actions of these people creating this very thing that we live under. Yep, and then John Hamm turned into an ad man himself. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> they might as well start making something that can poop out food, and it just eats its own poop, and it just keeps going on. It's like the perfect being. Found food and then eat its own. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, I just got lost in the moment. Oh, that was great. That's cool when that happens, man. <laughs> it's a rarity these days, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. Have you seen? Uh, truly. Sh- have you seen that show, um, Random Acts of Blindness? No. The fuck is that? It's uh, it's in HBO. And um, it's like some dude made this show, and it's really, really crazy. And like, it's it it feels like what prog rock is to music. It feels like prog TV. It's it's it it. Oh man, it it's hard to explain and very entertaining. And John Hamm was in one of the episodes, and um. He was talking about, it's, he's talking about how, like, the white man, blah, 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 and, like, whiteness, and then um, he stops for a minute, and he's like, um, well, uh, I understand what we're doing here, but, um, and then the director's like, white people, listen to you. You need to do this. <laughs> so Have you bad. watched Who is America? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I, I've heard, I've seen some clips and holy shit, like the oh my gosh the Roy Moore clip with the um, oh man sex offender detector. He's like I didn't... he filed a personal lawsuit against Sasha Baron Cohen over that. <laughs> like he this he's such a dumbass that he doesn't think that they would have all of that sorted out before his ass even showed up. But I I oh man and like. And Sasha Baron Cohen's probably like, yeah, I'll pay that. That's why I made this. I made this show because I knew I'd probably get in a yeah. lot of trouble, get sued, but who cares because it's funny. <laughs> or that, yeah. I would just, I mean, I know he has like a crazy legal team, so. Yeah. 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 And no fools. To shine, to shine the light on what's been going on and who these people are and then to see what people dig their heels in further. And they're like, that's fine. Or that's okay. And you're like, yeah. oh boy. All right. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're at a pivotal moment in history right now. He, he was making comedy, but I literally referred to it as like socio-political espionage. He's doing yeah. work. He's moving things. He's yeah. moving people. He's moving conversations. It's, and like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. He got a guy to resign. Because he exposed that when he said the N word, this guy was all too happy to yell it. And that bit was just amazing. And I was just like, wow, wow. It's 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 um, it's like Morgan Spurlock undercover. Yeah, yeah, that dude's a badass too. But he, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen was doing this stuff back in the day too, right? The Ali G show, wasn't he like? 
exposing yes. random people for just bullshit stuff, and they would tell him yeah. because they're like, "It's this weird ass host. Who's gonna see this?" Exactly. But he's just taking it to a. I mean, another level. That's a that's a man that kept progressing. Yeah. He's he like, never like got boring or like you know he understood like he needed to keep upping the ante. Yep. And upping like, the ante this time was showing the country. Look what's going on in this country. <laughs> precisely. In in the most, I mean, it's Candy. it's just brilliant. Yeah. It's so brilliant, man. Like I love that guy. I love him to bits. I gotta watch that. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get a trial when all the episodes are out, and then I'll be able to just binge them. <laughs> yeah. Um. I can tell you got a pretty hearty laugh, bro. You might even bust bust the gut to this stuff. There were times where. I was laughing so hard, like I was rolling on the ground. Actually, I was crying. It hurt. It's the best. And I am a totally soulless, joyless, emotionless Asian man. It was the first time I had ever cried in my whole life, or, or laughed. I mean, so. And that was the first time he ever cried. I couldn't tell if he was crying or laughing. It's the first time I experienced emotion. It all came out. It was wonderful. I I asked, is this what salt tastes like? Is this what happiness tastes like? Is this what sun looks like? (laughs) Oh, shit. So, um, so, dude, I feel like this has been an awesome episode. Has it? I got about, probably about 10 minutes left. Nice. I'm able to go. Um, do you want to, do you want to tell people where they can find, like, your, your Twitter is RxChoi, right? Yes, R-X-C-H-O-I, and my Instagram is the same, at R-X-C-H-O-I. And that's it. And, yeah. Everyone who's listening, if you haven't heard RX Bandits, check them out. If you haven't heard Peaced Out, P-E-A-C-E apostrophe D out, check them out. What's um, what uh, what was another one? Another side project you had? I remember seeing the emails and stuff and just being like, "Oh, Peaced Out, what is this?" I you know, there's a there's a bunch, but you know, those are those are cool ones. <laughs> we'll stick with those for now. I've been making a lot of music. My name's going to be kind of on this and that and stuff. So, Dude. you know, those are cool ones. I'm psyched for the stuff that you aren't allowed to talk about. Because you know when you're you're like, I can say that I'm making it, but I can't say what I'm making. You're like, oh, that could be, that could be pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just because of especially show and tour schedules. You can't talk about certain stuff before certain stuff happens. You know what I mean? So oh, okay. it's Sometimes not that like it has nothing to do with like my music being so important or that my shit. So like top secret, like it's not like that. It's, and also like, as far as the rapper goes, still contract stuff to be signed yeah. negotiations. So yeah. I can't really be out there at any capacity saying it's this guy and I have these songs and like, this is what's going down. It, they're on the record. Yeah. These are what they called. You know what I mean? So that'll come afterwards. So, yeah. Totally, totally. 
So and, yeah. And do you uh, do you also have a website people could go to check out like any links and stuff? Well. <laughs> All right. Respect. Respect. I have, you know, I have my basic socials, but um, I really actually enjoy personally like finding that work and not, you know, I've been signed with like publishing companies and like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, I find that my overall happiness uh, with my creative work and all that stuff is, is like way, way better and healthier when I'm doing projects that I find organically to happen. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I certainly probably could benefit from doing something professionally like that, but um, hey, I don't yeah. really exist in that realm, you know? My, my website is so bare bones. It looks like an old, old website from the 90s that survived. And <laughs> it was because yeah. I was like, all I need is function. I like a little bit of form, but mostly function. And it, as soon as it functioned, I was like, all right, that's it. <laughs> I need to check on that because if I was trying to get like the only other notable Steve Choi in Southern California right now is a Korean Republican, like local, uh, try and go for like congressman or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, he's like super conservative and Republican yeah. and, uh, in the Irvine area. And he's like, I think he's the reason why I can't, keep my like personal wikipedia page up it keeps like it never goes through <laughs> so uh anybody's listening that actually cares to do anything about that that would be sweet yeah because what i would love is just to have a modest wikipedia page for myself yeah that just says the work that i've done yeah it'd be it steve be choy and then in parentheses musician musician not yeah. politician yep yeah. Not Republican politician from Irvine. No, 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 no. Hurting Steve Choi's around the world with your narrow ass view and your conservative values that, you know, strictly only serve the interests of the very small few and don't really promote happiness or freedom or love or people living their lives. Yep. Dude, I saw Motherfucker. That. I saw a political commercial. Some some lady is running for Congress. And one of the things in the commercial was, I'm willing to put politics aside to get things done. And we're like, wait, wait, what wait. What the fuck? <laughs> wait, you're running you know, for office. Office is politics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, laws and rules. <laughs> Who needs them? I'm going to make it happen. I'm I like casserole, Jesus, and I don't want gays to get married. I'm going to make it happen for you. I'm going to build a roller coaster that goes all around the city and it takes people from house to house. <laughs> Actually, that sounds kind of cool. All right, I'll build that. All right, please do. It's when solar, you're famous, build it. It's solar powered, though, so there's zero footprint on the carbon emission. When you're famous, build it, man. Seriously. I'll do it. Get I'll that money, bro. Magnets and solar power. <laughs> solar panels. Done. I like it. Because the magnets, I mean, they run uh, roller coasters already, right? And, and I mean, there's pulleys and gears and stuff, but I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there's some magnets in there somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I would hope so. Otherwise, you're a fool. <laughs> you know, advice for life. I'm sure there's some magnets in there somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just got to find the, find the positive and... Uh, 
also see the negative and and then hope that the uh, the poles attract. I don't know. I lost it. I lost it in the middle. <laughs> it's gone, bro. <laughs> All right, but yeah, this will, this will come out on Friday, and um, dude, thanks again for doing this. No problem, man. Um, I guess you thought I was like significant enough to talk to Freeform, so thank you. Yeah, man, I, I, I've always been a fan of, again, everyone, check out RX Bandits, because holy fucking shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's been very, very good through the years. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, man. So again, thanks, and we should like chill sometime outside, like a non-work. I'm always trying to be like, "Hey, let's hang out," and then people are like, "All right, so is it a work thing or is it a friend thing?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> L.A., bro. Yeah, yeah. It's so L.A. I'm down to like hang and smoke sometime. Maybe grab some rallies. Rallies. I, I'm really, I'm such a party pooper when it comes to that kind of stuff, man. <laughs> I I am. I had my day of eating my ass off around the world, but yeah. um, I eat pretty healthy now. Right. Pretty strict. And, right. and I'm that guy that everybody makes fun of. Um, <laughs> because I get it, though. They have to take the power back. <laughs> they need to feel like they can associate with other people who are also making bad choices with them. That's true. And I'm down. I get it. <laughs> But there are some of us who aren't just jumping on the bandwagon to eat well because we actually, like, want to feel good. It's feeling good's kind of tight, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I do not look down on even the ability to eat junk food. I wish I could still, but now my body just reacts so adversely to it that mm-hmm. I just kind of stay away from it. But, dude, I'd be lying if I said I didn't crave pizza or a bacon cheeseburger. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Why wouldn't I want to eat that? Oh, they're the best things. They are so fucking delicious. Yep. If I, yes. I, I, haven't, I haven't committed to a healthy eating lifestyle, and I, I might one day, but if I do choose one day to be like, all right, I'm going to just fucking make my own food, because there was a while where I was making salads for myself, and I, I was like amazed with how good the salads could be, and I was like, this is really good, and it's very few... Yeah calories and I like chopped up the vegetables myself and I like sauteed some shit and like and um got creative with it and then it started to hurt taking apart vegetables and cutting vegetables and I was like this is the Lyme disease going hey you know that fucking simple ass thing you loved doing well don't don't do it as much anymore I'm like oh fuck so then I got like a food chopper but then then I was out on the street a little later, and I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> Dude. Well, it's never too late to start eating healthy, but at the same time, I do value enjoying yourself and the pleasure you get from eating food. So, you know, yeah. everybody has their own balance, right? Yeah. But weed has nothing to do with food sometimes. Sometimes it's all weed. Yeah, sometimes... Uh... Sometimes the weed makes the food decisions for you, though, so. Oh, yeah. Very true. Stay strong, bro. Stay strong. (laughs) Sam, again, thanks for for, uh, doing this. I'll do, like, a close-off, sign-off thingy, and then. You edit these parts out? No. (laughs) You just keep it all all raw. Yeah. I'm so down. 
I'm down with that format. The only, like, time, I'm not, the only time I've ever edited is when someone has said, like, hey, that thing, can you, like, edit that part out? I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Cool, cool. So who else have you had on as guests? Shit, dude. A lot of people. Um, okay. Da- Daniel- like friends and da- stuff? Or also, like, people, other people from other fields or what? It's been, um, it's been mostly, mostly comedians or, like, people in the comedy community. Okay, gotcha. And, gotcha. But then, like, other musicians, like, you know who Jackson Milgaten is? He used to meet a I do, guys. Yeah. I don't know. He was he used to be in a band called The Vision of a Dying World, and it was like a local San Diego band, and he had him on a while back. Um, but um, Kate Flannery, who played Meredith in The Office, had her on. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Sweet. Then um, Melissa Villasenor, she's on Saturday Night Live now. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. So how long are they usually? Um, like around an hour to an hour and a half. But I, I don't put a time cap on it either. So I'm gotcha. Like, so I'm like, it's rolling along and it's like conversations pumping out. Dope. Keep it going. Word. And then just like end it whenever it feels, feels like an episode. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the reason uh, I just got to get dinner started because making Thai curry tonight, so it takes a while. Oh, cool. Otherwise, I'd be down to keep going, but since it won't be edited, I'm going to give you the real reason, y'all. I'm not going to do anything fancy or <laughs> something even cool. Well, I think it's cool. I think making delicious, healthy food is cool as fuck, yeah. but you know, I guess that's why I'm super not cool anymore, <laughs> or probably never was. <laughs> Dude, oh, dude, have you have you made any of your uh, food food stuffs into like sprinkle some keef in there and like heat it up, or have you gotten creative with edibles at all? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I've made like a couple like cannabis pestos mm. uh, that work really well. You know, nice. um, I butter? use what was that? With some can of butter. Both and some keef, some really clean keef, you know, mm-hmm. and some or some oil or some extracts, you know, yeah. um, and that was good. Uh, but uh, I don't really mess with the savory ones because I eat so much that I eat way too much. You know, how everybody who knows edibles knows how you know you got to kind of watch yourself with edibles. Oh yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you will be tripping nuts. Not in the good way. <laughs> you'll be like, you'll be like the deflated person from that commercial from the nineties. I mean, they say like THC in your gut turns into multiple other psychoactive compounds when you eat it. So there's a reason for it. Hey, I say, I say party time. <laughs> party time, bro. Party time, excellent. Indeed. <laughs> awesome. Well, enjoy enjoy your Thai curry. It sounds dope. It sounds delicious. And um, this has been you and me in thoughts and talk with Doug Culp and oh me, yeah. Steve Choi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun, dude. Thanks again for doing it. This will be out on Friday, and um, you want to retweet it out to the world? That'd be dope. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll just wait for yours, and I'll uh, yeah, I'll repost it. Cool. Yeah.
So, yeah, man. We'll talk again. All right. We'll hang out and um, later. Have a good one. I'm standing next to you right now. <laughs> Peace. Later. Bye.